There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth, revealing emotion, Strengthening their self-awareness and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, mostly gentlemen, that's the joke of this series, that it would probably just be gentlemen. But here I am with Ewan, another woke brother, woke man. Brother, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. And you? I'm great, man. Welcome to the greatest case study on men. (laughs) Love it. We will have a hundred men plus many, many more. I think once we get to that point to cultivate a case study that will allow, will paint a significant picture of how man woke up, how they became conscious, how they shifted mm. from the unconscious patterns of life and the awareness of the lack of awareness that they had to having a deeper awareness of self. And that's not to say one's better than the other. It's just to say one's more fulfilling than the other when you have the ability to change yourself. Mm. So, bro, we have eight quickfire questions we'll start with. This is just to get to know like what, what goes on in your mind, your conscious mind, and how you think about things. And then we're going to get into your story. So that'll be 10 main questions. And um, that's going to require you to be a little bit raw, a little bit real. This is just to, uh, to remind you, this is a tool that will help other men tuning into this shift in their own way and i can guarantee you're not alone on your journey and there's going to be a lot of men that are actually going to relate and i obviously know you and know your story that you're going to relate heavily to that man so if you're ready to roll let's do it yeah yeah um just want to say on the record (laughs) i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) so when i start preaching that i know stuff just refer back to this point and be like yeah he doesn't know anything (laughs) well you know i I respect that because that's the type of character you are. You're, you're a good man and you're a very honest and humble man. I was actually going to say that to you before we started. Um, so I really respect how open and sincere you are and respectful of other people's thoughts, other people's characters. Um, I know if I have opinion that you don't necessarily see the same way, you'll, you'll respect it and you'll say it, uh, your own perspective on it, but it's never like my way is better than your way. So I really think that's a really beautiful quality of you, man, for sure. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that in yourself. It's a mirror. 
Mm. It's a beautiful mirror. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love you, man. All right. So where did you grow up and where do you live now? I grew up in Zimbabwe. Um, I actually grew up on a rural property. Yeah. And I moved to Australia when I was 17. And okay. now I'm in Melbourne. So in I took Melbourne. a little bit of time up in Queensland and then slowly moved my way down here. It's yeah. a bit too cold for me, though. <laughs> yeah, you've established you're not a city boy, eh? Yeah, yeah. not a city boy at all. All right. Now tell me what you're doing for a living right now. Um, very specifically working with the, the physical aspects of the body. Um, so as a, as a trainer, but a bit more holistic. So yeah. I go into what people are feeling and yeah. how they're moving and that kind of thing specifically go into how that relates to mental and emotional aspects wow. that they may have. So patterns. That's awesome, dude. And what's one thing you're really good at? Uh, intuition, feeling, mm. connecting. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's beautiful. Uh, what's your biggest fear? My mind. Oh, my biggest wow. fear. I, I think about this often, uh, for sure, my mind, like the abilities of the mind, especially when you realize that manifestation is a gift and an ability that we all have and some of us more powerful than others, then you go, wow, like I really have the ability to create amazing things, but you can also create incredibly terrifying things as well. Mm. Well, your so, thoughts um, really do create your reality, don't they? Would mm. you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, ma- I, what you say? Uh, the inability to master your mind is a fear. Yeah, the inability to master your mind. and just forgetting to be connected to to the base chakras and to the earth and grounding and sending that energy back down. That's beautiful, man. The last um, Dane, who I think you know, Dane. Uh, he yeah. he was he was the last interview I did, and his his fear was um, being stuck in the middle of open water in the open ocean on a piece of driftwood <laughs> and a shark coming up <laughs> and a shark coming to bite his legs. So. And you know what the funny thing is, is I could really relate to that and I can really relate to your one too, for sure. But it's just so good to see such a different perspective of fears. <laughs> um, all right, next question. What's your favourite quote? Uh, yeah, my favourite quote, the wound is where the light enters. Mm, yeah. The wound and, um, is where the light enters. Yeah, Rumi, the wound is where the light enters. Um, and just writing a post about it the other day, because I really went deep into wounds and realizing that in fact, um, not only does the, the light enter, but you already have light within you. Mm. So it's where the light, the wound is where the light begins to meet, connect the light that you already have. Wow. So it's just like a remembering because it's all the cycle. Mm. Love that. What is a conscious man to you? Uh, I was reading some of the, the stories the other day that you had. There was um, somebody said that it, it doesn't matter, like conscious man, conscious woman. And I was like, <laughs> I'm all Speaking your like, language, eh? Speaking yeah, your language. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we can go deep into this. But a conscious man is just somebody who is aware of, one, the way that he acts, and two, the way that he reacts. Mm. just awareness Mm -hmm. i think that through 
that, the way that he acts and the way that he reacts or the way reacts. he or she acts and reacts. Yeah. So those two things, it's so, it's so important to be aware of like the way that you want to want to be. Mm. And also the way that you react to the way that other people are, that's important because then through that you can see a lot of your shadows mm-hmm. reflected back at you and you can then start to really work on that. Mm, that's beautiful, bro. Uh, what's one thing that challenges you right now? Oh, seeing that shadow, um, accepting it, accepting yeah. the shadow aspects. Like I've been aware of my negative emotions, so shadow, the negative emotions, same thing. I've been aware of my negative emotions for a while. But the acceptance part is, that's, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to this um, shame of knowing that you've picked it up from, from somewhere along the line and you've held onto it, mm-hmm. guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this, um, it's a really deep, deep-seated thing and it feels like it's really difficult to let go. And the thing that I'm, I'm realizing is it's not actually about letting go. So but as long as we're trying to let go, we're, we're trying to do something. And that's kind of out of our control. But I think that it's more important just to accept that it's there. And through accepting it's there, you're kind of shining your awareness on it. Mm, I respect that, man. I agree. It's like a... Um been diving into a lot of the shadow lately too actually and i think this next chapter in my life was purely the same thing as what you're feeling now is that acceptance of it it's not judging Mm. it if i think the inability to accept it is the um the is more so because you're scared of what others think it's the inability Mm. to accept that other people won't like you and that other people aren't meant to like you it's the fact that you're just meant to be who you are. Mm. Mm. So I, I, I totally resonate, man. All right, last question in the quick fire round. Do you, <laughs> I know this answer, do you believe in a greater power? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What is I think it to it's you? important to note that um, everybody has their own individual beliefs and mm-hmm. to respect that nobody is right or wrong. Um, so it's really beautiful to see that some people see God as a person, as a, as a, as a structure, as a thing. But um, the way that I see it is that that essence that is God is within everything. It's in me, it's in you, it's in plants, and it's in things. Um, and that, that's, the, that's why I feel like it's, it's such a vital aspect of of creation is that within everything is creation. Mm, what, not saying what, what that is everything that? has the ability to reflect creation, though. Yeah. What is the um? What is the essence? You think it is like the essence within all that is running through everything? Is the essence? You know, I think Chinese philosophy call it chi. Yeah. Uh, prana. Prana. Chi. Life yeah, force. Yeah. So all all of that, like so. Every d- different word is life force, prana, chi. Um, like an invisible web. intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the web that, that connects everything as well. So I think that there's, 
this beautiful play between masculine and feminine. And I think that the thing that connects everything, um, the energetics of it is the feminine, the creation, the manifestation part of it is masculine. Mm. Um, So yeah, I like, I like to see it like that. Mm -hmm. Like this beautiful play. Yeah. Dynamic duo. I love that. All right. We're going to shift into the main questions now, brother. Um, the first question is we think about your journey where you are now and compare it to when you had very little or no awareness of self. And so what does your life look like as say unwoke? We use the terms in this, in these questions as unwoke to what it looks like now and compare the two. I, I'd like to start by saying I don't feel like I'm woke, <laughs> but I'm awakening. <laughs> Boom. Boom. I, I'm glad you said that because I said this in, I think, in both uh, my other recordings. It's like it, it's not a destination. It's not enlightenment. Woke does not mean you're enlightened. It's a mm. journey. Mm. Yeah. The awakening. It's, yeah, the I agree. So I'm glad you said that. Thank you, bro. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, the me before I, I became more self-aware, was somebody who was greatly um, infused in the ego of wanting to be seen for the ego. Um, Like, I'll give you an example. I really thought that going through school, I was quite quite innocent and I was that guy that that nobody sort of noticed. Um, I didn't really want to be noticed. I didn't want to be cool or anything like that. I was kind of bit weird (laughs) had my own way of doing things Mm -hmm. um and i was okay with that but a lot of people reflected you know like you can't be like that people think you're weird you're not cool Mm. and tried not to let that get to me but then by the time i was um in my 20s i think i did and i wanted to be the cool guy i wanted people to know me so going down that path I, i knew that the cool things to do were you know, like smoking, going out, drinking, partying, having a good time, looking like that you're having a good time, sort of being the center of attention for the wrong reasons. Um, it was a, a dense sort of energy, but I, um, I really rose up to that and embodied what that was. So I really went into the darkness and took a lot of drugs. And in a way, it really opened me up because it broke me apart. Um, when I started to notice that I had addictions and addictions were really just covering things up. Um, so I was, I was definitely walking through life as I would imagine as a zombie that had no self-awareness, even though I was enjoying life. Um, and then me now where I am is it's a constant journey of trying to be more and more aware of myself as well as relating how the outside world is influencing me as well as the way that I'm influencing the outside world. So the manifestation of my thoughts and emotions, Mm -hmm. which are creating a reality Mm -hmm. as well as my environment and how that affects me, Mm -hmm. Um, which I find incredibly beautiful these days. I find so much beauty and clarity in solitude and being by myself where 
I don't think that I could sit by myself, the old me. I don't think that I could sit for more than an hour without going mad. Why do you uh, think that is? Because you have to see, you see things, you start to see things come up. And when you're by yourself, you, um, you start to realize what's actually trying to come through to be told to you. There's these messages that you're getting sent through emotions. And um, that was actually, so I'll go into my, my awakening, the actual process of the awakening, was I became aware of the, all of this darkness and heaviness and ego that was coming up and my mind would just obsess on that as a feeling, as an emotion, rather than going, how do I actually feel? My mind would be going, triggering with words to the feeling because the mind was so obsessive rather than going, oh, I feel like anxious. I feel my heart is a little bit rough and I feel like the energy is coming up to the surface of my skin and I feel like my breath, I'm stop, stopping that constant breathing and it's becoming really rapid. Rather than noticing things, my mind was obsessing about the words that were associated. Like, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. I feel anxious. I feel panicky. Mm-hmm. And then just obsessing with words and then just going deeper and deeper and deeper and getting darker. Um, and literally for about a year, I couldn't go to sleep without listening to binaural beats, sound frequencies to relax me so that I could sleep. Um, doctors wanted to put me on drugs and I thought at the time, that's crazy. Yeah. Why would I take drugs to help me in a position that I feel like I've got here because of drugs? Mm. So I knew at the time that there was absolutely no way that I was going to take more drugs just to cover up something that was that I knew needed to come up to the surface and me mm. become aware of it. So what I did is I, I went on a path of discovering ways, techniques, still as a Band-Aid to cover things up to distract myself. Mm. But along the way, I discovered that there were these other ways of becoming more self-aware through yoga and breathing and meditation mm. and breathing is incredible but yeah. breath is where it's at yeah yeah for sure eh? i can mm. resonate with that man and I, I will talk about the healing modalities in a second the the, the question i want to ask next is when you think of that um that earlier you and right the unwoke you and what was his biggest vice looking for um, external affirmations okay. rather than telling myself I feel good enough yeah. and telling myself that I love myself. I was constantly wow. yearning and looking for validation. validation and appreciation from other people. I would do constantly, and I, I've always had this ability to do things for others and want to do things for others. And it's genuine. It's very genuine. I love cooking. I love doing things with people. But there was a part of me that would do it so that I got people to say, oh, well, I really appreciate that. I appreciate you doing that. And if I didn't get that, I would feel really low and down. Yeah. 
Um, whereas now I truly, I do appreciate myself in doing things for others when I know that, you know, otherwise, otherwise wouldn't do it. So just that valid, validation, that external validation, but constant. I mean, mm -hmm. I, um, there was a stage when <laughs> I got in a bit, bit of a predicament um, when I was quite unconscious, but I had discovered yoga and meditation and I was going into that, that phase of self-discovery. Um, so I did play with it a bit and took it as an experience, but I started doing stripping for hen's nights and that kind of thing. And I did start to see it. So I was quite aware then of what that was and what it was giving me. Mm. It was like a confidence that I didn't actually have before. So it taught me a lot. And that was the in-between stage. So it was very interesting on how, how that played out. Because I am, um, I really find it hard to talk about myself. Yeah. But it, it's really easy to talk about other things. Yeah. It's also really easy for me to show my physical body, but it's very hard for me to show my vulnerability, my heart, and mm -hmm. my internal thoughts and dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like talking about myself. Yeah. But I love. Um, speaking about things, other yeah. aspects, external things. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's one of the biggest things that I'm opening up about. And, and, this and, is, and still having it now or is it, so, is it more so like, like significantly lessened? It's, it's huge still. It's something that I, that I work through. Like when I, um, yeah. I challenge myself to do an Instagram story and speak about speak about internal dialogue i challenge myself that is an actual challenge it's not like oh yeah i'm going to talk about this i do it because i know it's a challenge mm. i know that it's hard i get incredibly nervous i get jittery and my heart starts to go crazy and i get sweaty and mm. <laughs> even just before this i was like ah, just jump in yeah well, you can't <laughs> tell that's the funny thing is is like uh, you, you never can tell that unless someone's like this but like it's it's more so in our head isn't it like we think oh, my God, this whole situation is playing out in front of us and it's like obviously our subconscious must be connected to it because it's controlling us, right? But, yeah, it's funny. We make it so much bigger than what it actually is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so the, the next question I have is from your experiences, the unconscious path, the, the part where you were growing your self-awareness, what emotion challenged you most? I've got the five, I've got five emotions, but feel free to just throw another one in there that did trigger you more. Anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, or anger? The thing that I, that I struggle with the most is fear, shame and fear. But okay. the thing that I see the most the awareness that I have the most in, in my waking life is anger. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm. So I feel like the thing that I work on the most is, is anger. I think okay. with the, the fear. What is the easy. fear? What is the fear connected to and what's the anger connected to? Um, the fear is, is oh, 
maybe not fear because it's not fear. It's more along the lines of shame. And I always associate fear and shame together because they're both very negative emotions. And letting shame out is scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the shame is this, it's just like, it's the fear of, of speaking my truth and being embarrassed for what people think about uh, or see in me. Mm. The, the shame of the potential of people not liking what they see in me. Mm. So that, that's the shame. And mm. um, so why it's, it is the most relevant of the emotions is because when I was, I think I was five, um, lived on the farm with my mum and dad and it was like a country club and all of the farmers used to go and do their Friday night thing. Um, and it was also associated with the church and stuff. Um, so we did a lot of religious things. But there was a like a, I don't know what the word is. So everyone did like a show and put on a show okay. on the stage in front of all of the different, of the community. Yeah. Um, and mine was, I was going to do a sing and dance. And I was five. And we prepared for a couple of weeks and I had it down pat. Um, Mum taught me all of the moves and I was going to get up there. She got me dressed up in a suit with a, a nice vest and I remember the hat and the cane and I was going to do, don't worry, be happy now. Ooh, you know that one? Mm. Um, and I remember walking up onto the stage and I just froze like when I got up there because I, I just had so much fear of what people would think, think of me. And, um, I just remember that so clearly and that, that real, that, that moment of being seen, uh, really affected me throughout my life, like that, that shame. But it, was, it wasn't, it, there was no shame there. There was the potential for the shame. So that set me up in this way of, um, I'm really going to go into some unravelability. Yeah, it's cool. That set me up in a way of like me being scared of feeling shame. What it did is I kept putting myself in positions where I would actually create shame. Unknowingly, but subconsciously, I was doing that. And, um, for example, one of the things that really stood out was, I hate to talk about this, <laughs> but at boarding school, it was, it was horrific. It was horrible. Mm. It was a horrible life. Um, I started, I got sent to boarding school when I was seven. <laughs> there you go. That's my little puppy for those who are listening. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Here you go. You're at boarding school at seven. <laughs> This, yeah, this, that, that story needs was... to be said clearly because the bark came into that perfect time. <laughs> when I was seven, I, I got sent to boarding school because uh, my parents moved to different sides of the country and they sent me to the boarding school in the city, which was kind of the middle. Um, so it was just convenient for them. Um, and it was tough. Like it was, it was a hard way to be when I was seven and I, I really didn't like it. There was a mm -hmm. lot of... Um, psychological abuse there was a little bit of physical abuse uh but i couldn't handle it and mm. rather than me speaking up and saying i really don't like this that i want you to do something different yeah and knowing that i have that ability to speak up and say what i want 
So what that did is it manifested in me creating this, this terrible thing where I felt a lot of shame and it really went the wrong way. But I knew that to, on this occasion, I knew that I wasn't going to commit suicide, but I wanted to be seen and I wanted people to know that I wasn't happy. So I, um, I collected a whole lot of painkillers. I knew that that amount wouldn't kill me. It would probably make me quite sick. And I got a few people knowing that I was going to do it, and then I went and I, I had, had them. And obviously nothing happened. I just got a bit sick. But the next day the whole school knew about it. Uh. And it just created this, this terrible terrible shame and that that probably lasted the whole of junior school that that um that shame of like oh he was gonna do that he was gonna kill himself and then they sort yeah. of saw you differently like as did they see you as like a weird person because you said that they would already see you as different yeah i, th- I think that that was for sure that probably made it worse mm. but i was I was weird and kooky anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, what's weird? What's normal, man? That's the thing. What's normal? Yeah, I think, I think that the only thing that's normal is conformant, conforming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatever society you're within, that, that, that conforming is the normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that created like this, okay. this depth of shame. Yeah, I can see that. And, and is that... So is that where the anger, how did the anger connect to that then? Or is the anger separate? I think that the anger is separate. I think that, I think that maybe the anger is associated with anger of, towards myself for not saying, look, mum, look, dad, I really don't want this. Rather than saying, oh, I don't like this, saying, telling them straight up. Because people say, oh, but you were just a child. No, mm. children. There are children who say things like this. Yeah, like it, it comes from your internal power. Your internal power is is what drives you to say things that you truly want and believe. In. And um, like, yes, there, there's there's the possibility that you that you didn't grow up with that ability, but it's there. Mm. And the anger is for me not speaking up and not saying exactly what I want, not asking, but telling them what I want. So now hence why you jump on Instagram lives to find your voice again. Yeah. So, it's, so it's fair to say that uh, these emotions are connected to something that happened in your past. Mm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, and do you feel like you are in the process of letting it go and finding forgiveness? Um. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at this for a long time. I've been quite aware of it for a long time. I think I was going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe that it's not about letting go of anything. Yeah. Um, I don't think actually letting go of an aspect is important. We need to be focused on acceptance. If you can accept that it's there and mm-hmm. live in the present moment with awareness that it's there, then when you're present and you have awareness that it's there, you're just naturally not going to let it happen. Yeah. So it's simply awareness. You say like it's not about letting go, it's about uh, letting it be. Let it be. Not awareness. Let it go. Awareness is like 
the light. And I, li- I like to say, imagine that these aspects are like the naughty kid in the background. As long as you're, you're not looking at that kid and aware of that kid, he's going to be lighting fires mm-hmm. and tearing shit up and eating all of the cake and the chocolate and the cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as soon as you turn, you don't have to say anything. Just imagine like a naughty kid. As soon as you turn and just look at them, they're going to be like. <laughs> so true. Okay. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you know, you, like, I think that it comes down to that. You just, you don't have to tell it off. Like you don't have to call it out or anything. You just, you just look at it with, with that same, that's that, that center of power. Like, yeah. I know that you're there. Yeah. You don't have power sure. over me. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I, I feel like it's as simple as that, and that's where I'm at. The last two weeks, the, the shadow, the negative aspects have just been running wild on the surface as well. They're not below. They, I think maybe I've just become so aware of it that it's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, bro. I feel you on that, man. It's been an interesting point. I think COVID, corona, the isolation, it's all bringing this deeper stuff up to an awareness point. And I'm with you on that, man. And I think there's a lot of men out there doing the same thing, at least in my circles, for sure. So yeah. would that issue, uh, would, uh, I was about to say issue, but that situation um, at your school when you were younger, was that one of the lowest points of your life or was there another situation where you like in the low of the low, or was that it? Of my life? Um, no. So the, I'll call it like the, the end, the death of me was after the stage where I was like really seeking gratification, validation from other people, taking a lot of drugs, but I had become aware of my patterns in taking drugs to cover up things. So I'd already really stopped that. And I moved to Perth. Mm. Um, a friend of mine was he knew that I was in a dark place like I broke, broke up with my girlfriend after a few years and the next day I was really angry I was driving fast anger is like worse than drink driving by the way <laughs> I was driving really fast and just ridiculous and I was just the anger was insane and um, I got caught and I was going too fast so I lost my license instantly I called my boss. I was doing some cane haul out in these tractors. So I needed my license to drive them. So I called my boss and told him what had happened and he fired me. So I had the the magic three happen and um, I was in a dark place and my friends said, come to Perth. I'll get you a really good job. And um, so I flew to Perth and I was there for a while. I was really cleaning up my act and, um, I was feeling good and um, I was just occasionally smoking a joint. I remember that. And one day I specifically, we smoked some of that fake weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a synthetic weed. It just had a little bit and it, um, it just triggered something emotionally. And I remember thinking, like that this is shame that feeling the because shame is like at the bottom of the vibration scale yeah it's the lowest vibration yeah 
And I literally just dropped into that. And it was like showing me that this is the densest emotion that I have locked in my body. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to die. And I knew it. Like I knew that I was going to die. And so I went to my room and I, um, I actually went to the room to clean it up so that when I was found, that people would be like, okay, he's definitely not a drug addict. Like he's got his shit together. <laughs> because I, I still knew worried it. about what people were thinking after you had, yeah, if you had yeah. it gone. Like, wow, that's deep. Yeah. And um, somewhere along the lines, I, I went. And the, um, the energy of it was, I left, like mm. consciously. I definitely was conscious. I left the body. And in whatever it was, it was so painful. It was like crushing the soul, the essence. Like the pain was on the essence of me, not on the physical body. And it was so intense. And it was like, as everyone says, there was a tunnel, except I was going backwards. And the light was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And as the light was getting smaller, the the pain was getting more and more and more intense. Mm. And um, I was so just, I couldn't surrender to it. Mm. Like I was so caught up in the, in the pain and you you would think that the light would, would disappear, but it's like, it just kept getting smaller and somehow just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the pain was getting worse and worse and worse. And then there was just this moment that I went, I give up. I just set out, I give up. I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't take it anymore. I give up and it stopped. The light was gone. And it was like, I was suspended in this place that was absent of of light. Um, I really don't know how else to describe mm. it. It was, there was nothing there. And I called to God and I called to my dad who had passed. Um, and I called out to, to like beings. And at that stage I hadn't, I really hadn't connected with Jesus yet. Mm. Um, and I realized, like I was, I, I may have been there for a while. I realized that basically the thing that I said out is I really fucked up. Like I really, really screwed up. And that, that wasn't life. That was not, that was not true. That was not life. That was not how, how I want it to be. Yeah. And I was like, I have a much, much greater purpose. And then it was like that, just upon that realization. And was that like a a moment of awakening for you? Yeah. Knowing that I had gone, I was dead and I'd left. Mm. And knowing that. I could have a life of real authentic value where it's not about me. It's about giving and doing for the world and other people. And I knew that my purpose was that. 
um, and later, much later, realized that. But in that realization, I came back. And when I came back through to the body, one of my friend's housemates was holding me up. And I didn't just come back like that. It's like I became aware of the physical body for a moment and opened my eyes and noticed that there was somebody talking and saw the other two housemates in front of me. But in my mind, and this is why I say it was the death of me, in my mind, I didn't recognize them. I didn't know who they were. And I wanted to call out and say help or something, you know, like call out their names. But I really didn't know who they were. Mm. And it was like my coming back was like blinking. So I would just like blink and then disappear. At least when I was disappearing, it would just go back to this darkness. And I was thinking in my mind in this darkness, like, who are those people? I know them. And then I'd blink again and I'd want to call out. <laughs> and I just, I really recognized them, but I didn't know who they were. And eventually I came back and um, I was in shock for ages. Like I think that for about two years, it was a struggle of understanding. I just really, I was so mental. I knew that I had purpose and I knew that there was something different for me in life, but I was also really caught up in the mind. Mm. And that was the stage where I had to sleep with um, binaural beats every night, mm. every single night of my life. I remember the first time that I didn't. It was so weird. I went camping somewhere and I was like, I don't have binaural beats. How am I going to do this? Wow. <laughs> I actually had to face my internal dialogue. And, and that was like the point where you're just like, oh, I can do this by myself. I'm capable yeah. of doing this. It's like stepping yeah. really outside that comfort zone of, and not relying on something outside yourself. Because I know you're big on that. Is like you really don't try and rely on things outside yourself. Yeah. And so that was seriously like a big, been a big practice for you, hey? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, well, man. Everything that you need is is here. Yeah. I, I appreciate that realness, man, and that authenticity um, for sure. Like I've, I really do respect that because that's going to help a lot of people. As soon as one man opens up, it's like the floodgates open. So I really appreciate that, bro. It, it, it's this, my next question is, is around friend group, around your friend group, like this great awakening that you had, the shift of – the old into the new or the, um, um, the immigration together, you know, the amalgamation, the connection, the symbiosis. Did that change your environment? Yeah. Did Hugely. your friends change significantly? Mm. You know, I'll just acknowledge my friends and they, they are incredible people and my old friends and I love them. Like I have so much appreciation for them mm. and that they, they really served an incredible part of, of my life in, in my awakening and helped me because they were my support group, even though they didn't know it, they really were. But when I, um, when I went through that, everyone noticed that I changed. Mm. 
and it triggered a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, it was hard. Most of my friends um, didn't relate, couldn't relate to me anymore. You've changed. One person said that, do you think that you're, not, you're, you're better than us? Mm. And it really wasn't about that. It was, it was more along the lines of I just, I knew and I trusted that I knew that there was something different for me in life and that if I stayed where I was, it wasn't going to serve me. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, And I think that the thing that really helped is I left. I left the, the place where I was. Mm. The friend group had to change because I left. Um, I slowly started meeting people, but I was really internal, internal and I wasn't really looking to meet people outside. I, I was very blessed to have kept a couple of friends who, who weren't in directly in my friend group, but they were friends with my friend group. When I moved, I actually found them and I stayed with them and then I created friends through them and met, um, I met my best mate, Jimmy, is an acupuncturist and he started to get me on the course and this is where I really started to find my, my passion, my desire for helping people is he started me on the course of Chinese medicine which has the philosophy of all of these emotions being associated with certain parts of your body so there's like a connection between physical and mm. non-physical and i love that mm. so i'd go get acupuncture because um i'd actually injured my neck and i was getting acupuncture and he i said to him i want to know what you're doing everything yeah. that you do i want you to explain and he started to teach me and then eventually he'd put me in this the last booking of the day and it was there that I would be able to spend more time with him and he'd teach me meditation. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So I, I really started to open up and discover the greater reality. Yeah, so your environment I literally slowly, shifted. Mm, I started to slowly meet really incredible people who are still there today. And yeah. these kind of connections to the point where I can think about Jimmy to call him and he'll send a message mm -hmm. or I'd pick up the phone to call and he'd be calling at that moment. <laughs> yeah. And just slowly meeting really incredible people like, like yourselves just by mm -hmm. letting go and being in the flow. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can't really uh, hold the container for other different friendships. If you're still representing you know, those older qualities. Mm. So, you know, this has been one of the most significant, this is one of the most significant questions and relevant questions because as we see a hundred men, I'm going to see a very significant pattern here to say, guys, environment changes when you change. Environment changes when you change. Just remember that. Yeah. So it's really cool to see that. So and accepting that. Yeah. Really? You agree? Mercury agrees with you, bro. Um, what, what was the, you talk about acupuncture, you talk about breath work, you talk about meditation. So clearly healing was a significant part of your journey, right? Healing, uh, your past. 
was there anything meant were you healing anything mentally emotionally physically and what was the modalities that you would recommend or that you used and recommend uh yeah so i'm very much one to see the connection between all three aspects mental emotional and physical and that they're they're all um somehow connected mm-hmm. at the time i certainly didn't but i was i was going through different things so i was going to jimmy for acupuncture to help with my neck and he was also working on anxiety and teaching me about it not how to overcome it but i naturally became aware of of it mm. and that helped me overcome it what did he teach then you about was, it pardon what did he teach you about it in meditation mm. um becoming self-aware was the biggest thing because in becoming self-aware you can a lot of us who are going to be here are very emotional emotionally connected men and that means that we're empaths mm. and by being an empath you have the ability to to feel your environment yeah so if you can discern if you can learn to really connect in with yourself constantly and i i do this practice all, all of the time i just constantly say whenever i feel anxiety or something come up and just energy if i feel it i connect with myself i say i connect with myself and i'll repeat that throughout the day because i keep coming back and that helps me come back to center and feel where yeah. i am at rather than feeling mm. other people and i often find it when i'm having a discussion with someone and i feel like oh, why am i feeling that way i connect with myself and it dissipates and it's usually not me that i'm feeling so mm. i um i did that through becoming self aware and understanding that that everything is energy and there's yeah. a potential for energies outside of you to be affecting you yeah um physically yoga yeah. i really loved yoga and i was finding how that taught me the connection to the body and the way that you connect to the body and release and surrender is through the breath yeah so the breath part came much later because at that time i obsessed about yoga and it was all about the stretch and the depth of the stretch had nothing to do with surrender and <laughs> had nothing to do with the breath and i found that i was and i was obsessive i was doing two yoga sessions every single day i'd wake up at 5 go to work at 6 and i'd already done my yoga i'd be yeah. home at at 5 or 6 and i'd do yoga and train every day wow. and um i obsessed about it to the point where i started doing damage to the physical body because i wasn't aware of my breath and my limitations and yeah. how to surrender so that obsession became very unhealthy were you trying to yeah. run from something in through that obsession i think that um addiction still comes into it at that stage like an addiction to because i knew that that was a vice that i had yeah. that was helping me physically and emotionally and i was like if i don't do this and do it properly because i was like oh it's making me feel good i want to feel better yeah um so at that stage i was still looking for vices externally um the the inner work really came when i st- when i learned massage yeah. um 
because in the massage course it was it wasn't like a normal massage course it was, it was really hard to describe it it was really about self-discovery the whole course and it went for about eight months yeah we were really learning like the fundamentals of massage is trust and to to trust someone and also be trusted takes a lot of self-awareness of your energy and becoming aware of your energy really opens you up to mm. how you interact with with others and how others interact with you yeah totally so that that really opened things up for me dude it's very interesting like you've pretty much gone from completely disconnected to yourself with a lot of shame and a lot of dense emotions holding on to that and to really like you've gone into emotionally mentally and physically healing the body very much like equally i would say but and and mm -hmm. and um there's, some, there's so much beauty in that man but i think the essence of what you're saying is that is to really find strong discernment and self-awareness in this process right and i think uh, you know, having the ability to go, oh, I'm much more than what I think I am. Let's see what I am and like going in, right? Mm -hmm. So in this whole journey that you've been on, what are you most grateful for? My ability to... My ability to see my limitations but not be defined by them. You're grateful to have the awareness to see where you, you are being held back and now yeah. you go, oh, I'm not, that's not me. So your ability to internally reflect. Yeah, not, not only reflect but um, kind of on the, you know, your comfort zone. Mm. And I feel like this is the, the, the worst thing in, in human history is the the box so i think mm. you have a lot of people call it different names the box that you think inside of um yeah is the comfort zone uh nothing nothing will come from being inside that box mm. and um we need to understand that going outside of that zone is not going to feel good at the time. Mm. And we have a lot of fear about that limitation, but it's the fear is about thinking about going from here, the edges to like expanding completely to, to, nothing, being, to everything, yeah. to everything. But it's not about that. It's just about, you know, like, Think about it as just opening a door and letting some light in. Mm. You just don't Taking know what's outside the door and you're like, oh, I yeah. just don't know. Yeah, so I truly believe that pushing yourself in, in all different areas, mm -hmm. physically pushing yourself is fantastic because, yeah. it, because the emotions are directly connected to the physical body. Yeah. So when you push yourself physically, you can break through barriers that are going to open up emotions and bring them to the surface to be released yeah it's the same yeah. as yoga like i have clients where i'll do a whole session just on hips and they'll say oh i keep getting flashbacks of relationships and i say oh that's interesting because the hips 
associated with relationships. Wow. I said, but I haven't thought about that in 30 years. And it's just like, well, you've had a release. See, you, you looked at the relationship and you didn't react to it. At the time, you reacted to it, got, so it got stored in your hips. Yeah, it's interesting because I read a, read a book as well, uh, Dr. Candice Pert, on molecules of emotion and how the, the mind creates the molecules and the molecules store in the cells and the cells obviously mm. create the tissue. So I, I, I feel that 100%, bro. That's beautiful. Mm. So we got our last question. What's one tip that you want to give that you would give to your old self who was just starting this journey? There's, there's a lot that comes to mind. But I think that the most important tip would be don't look at things that happen outside of you, um, negative things that happen outside of you as things that are happening directly to you because of you. A lot of people do and say bad things in life because they're hurt. Mm. And it doesn't make them bad people. And a lot of the time we take things really personally. And as hard as it is to discern when something negative happens, especially if it's something really horrific, as hard as it is to see that, you know, like it, it actually wasn't personal. Nothing is personal. People just act from an unconscious space yeah. and it's directly related to themselves. Yeah, totally. So everything happens, everything happens for you, not to you, and don't take things personally. Yeah, and maybe it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Just don't, don't take things personally. I agree, bro. That's beautiful, yeah. man. Wow, what a sesh. That was that was freaking awesome, man. I really appreciate you being just showing up, being who you are. You know, I've said this to you time and time again. Get on Instagram, get your own channel, start becoming a spiritual teacher, spread your truth, spread your awareness. This is just a little point of the iceberg that is yet to reveal itself from you and uh, I see it behind the scenes. I think it's really time to expand that, brother because this has been a hell of a podcast thank you so much bro and i really appreciate that and for showing up no i appreciate this i appreciate you bro thank you brother this is good let's get let's get it was good yeah it's helping yeah totally brother and this is going to really help those people listening to this now is just have that courage to step out of that comfort zone step out of that box and, and live their truth not not the truth of someone else yeah. Thank you, brother. Woke man, bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man. Wokey woke man, bring love and just me. 
woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.